Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about taking a 1 million revenue store and turning it into 5 million and all the steps that takes and everything it involves. So let's get started. Hey Ian, how are you? Hey Mark, excellent. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about uh, growing from uh, a million in revenue to five million because I think that the as kind of stepping stones grow uh, move. I think like getting for your first hundred thousand pounds or or dollars is kind of like your first kind of step, and then it's kind of the next one to get like five hundred thousand, then to five hundred thousand to a million, and then a million to five is kind of like those steps. Would you agree? Those kind of milestones really yes. in e-commerce life. Yes. I th- yeah. Uh, yeah, and obviously we're talking about revenue here yeah. per year. Yeah. We're talking about revenue yeah. per year. And it, I think the natural ones that I've always seen is the 0 to 1 million and then the 1 to 5 million. And it, there's a lot of effort and energy going from 0 to 1. And then yeah. when you get to 1, it tends to be that you, know, you repeat, you, you have to change something when you get to 1. And then that that tends to take you to 5 million. And then when you get yeah. to 5 million, then you've got to, you got, you, you know, it's another step change again. So there's a major step yeah. change at 1 million and then there's a major step change at 5. And that that major step change, it, change is essentially looking at the, the fundamental maths of the business. And I think when yeah. you're doing, when you're doing 0 to 1 million, you're kind of in, in beta. Like your e-commerce business is like everything's, you know, just just kind of you know testing it's not you know you're just sort of going you're going with the flow mm. you, it's everything's beta mode isn't it you're not well, a lot of things are new aren't they everything's, for everything's the first new. time and you're proving you know. you're just proving that does the con- concept does it work can we scale it you know you're yeah. not so worried about you know you, you exactly how much money you're making or exactly what your ROAS is you're basically just going can we scale it and and then when you get to one million, then you got to you got to go well. You know, how do we get to five? And that's when you have to really go into those those you know the target. And it's basically looking at the target sheet, isn't it? It's yeah. you know it's fundamentally you know well, how how can that, you spend more? The reason I wanted to talk about it is because I, I know people who are on Amazon have seen that they we you know last couple of months we were focusing on getting a lot of startup startup people onto the what we call the 10k or 20k course so that was kind of open last month and this month i know at some point we'll probably open up the level two group again and the level two group for the people who don't know are people usually doing between 500,000 to uh 5 million and so they usually come in around about 500,000 to a million and want to kind of grow from that level so um what i wanted to talk about was you know, how you do that and the kind of stepping stones you go through to do it and talk about some case studies. So like you said, it's when you get to a million, you tend to have 
you've got more data than you had before ever mm. before you have more things and what you're looking for is the elevators in your business that are going to take you to the next level and every business has them usually if you've got to a million you will have these elevators sitting there because you haven't optimized them because you've been so busy trying to get to a million that you haven't even realized that they sit there so you've got something we... to work on haven't you when yeah. you when you're doing less than a million you haven't really got any data to look at you know mm. and you've got so many sort of you know anomalies you've got you know some sometimes you do really well sometimes you do poor your balance rate will be all over the place and add to baskets will be up and down and you know and it, it can, you're making decisions based on sort of you know sporadic you know splurts and troughs and and it's it's hard isn't it but where when you get to a million you, you've got something to work on and yeah within that you'll start to see really interesting patterns won't you around like wow like why did those customers buy five times a year you know mm. what what mm. you know why why did only why did some customers buy once a year and never come back or why, why did they get why did they why did they buy you know five times the amount who who are they what did they buy and mm. you know where did they come from what campaigns did they come from was it google shopping was it was it facebook or was it you know affiliate or was it direct typing and, and how long did it take them to buy again and you're like oh interesting you know you start yeah, to see so patterns don't you let's look at the places where we found them in the past and go through some case studies so i think the first one which you kind of alluded to there is lifetime customer value lifetime customer value is not equal across all customers so now we've got some data we can look at this typically by SKU, like product SKU. Uh, by category and customer. So those are the three la layers we want to kind of look on it. So, for example, like, do we have some SKUs that lend themselves, lead themselves to kind of much higher lifetime values? So basically, if we can spot those, you might have 10% of the products that actually lead to, you know, lifetime values that are maybe 200, 300% higher than the other products. Mm -hmm. So if we can recruit more heavily on these products, and work on those products conversion rates specifically, then we can use these new customers flooding in to drive huge amounts of future future businesses. Mm. So actually, uh, just to go, just to say, you know, we've said this so many times, but the main two questions in any e-commerce business in terms of how you scale is how much does it cost us to acquire a new customer and how much is that customer worth to us over a lifetime? Mm. And obviously if you can get a an existing customer to buy twice, three, four times in a year, you know, you're on to an absolute winner because you've you've only had to pay to recruit them once the first time and you know through your paid advertising channels. And then so if they come back again, they don't they don't tend to come back through the paid channel. They tend to come back through email um, or a naturally direct type, which of course is very, very, very cheap. So if you think for a moment that you can, you know, if you could get everybody to buy twice a year, you know, it's a game changer because you've, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that that marketing budget that you've had, you know, whatever your five thousand, ten thousand pounds a month, hundred thousand pounds a month, whatever it might be, all of a sudden, it becomes twice as powerful. So if you people are only buying once and you got them to buy twice. You know, you you just doubled the return for, mm. for very little. You know, from that same advertising cost. And I know that sounds so basic, what I've just said, 
But that's why lifetime customer value is so important. Mm. And it's it's and it is all about that. How much does it cost us? To, how much does it cost us to get that customer and what they're worth to us? Over yeah, lifetime. and different customers are going to be that. worth worth more. So if you imagine, let's say you take it back to a physical store and you had a great salesman who really understood the stores. Maybe he's the store owner and he can sell someone's coming in for a velvet, red velvet sofa. That's what they want. He's got two red velvet sofas. He knows that if he sells this one red velvet sofa, they buy the sofa, they walk out, that's fine, gets a sale. But if they buy the other red velvet sofa, it's also got matching armchairs and maybe some other matching things that goes with it. He knows that they'll most likely, 50% of the time, they'll come back and buy the other chairs. So it's, it's then him selectively selling to them a specific product. So if we know that data in our, in our store, we can then yeah. make sure that the products that they end up buying are the ones that lead most likely to a um, to a, a repeat purchase. So, for example, take the some of the supplement companies we're working with. They know that some of the brands they sell tend to get bought more times from them over and over again. And that's because they're one of the few people that sells those brands. So therefore, if we can introduce people to those brands, they have a much greater chance of keeping that customer for a much longer time than if they sell some of the more generic stuff that everybody else buys. So therefore, you start to see that behavior in, you know, what they're the related products, what we're pushing, what we're upselling, what we say goes with other things. We're actually trying to condition the customer to go down a certain route because we know that their lifetime value is going to be much higher if they take those those choices. Obviously, it makes sense to spend more money on on those advertising on advertising those products, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the classic yeah. example we said many times before was that for one particular client, we analysed this and we found that the larger men's clothing, the, you know, the large so they were selling suits, and the larger sizes, the really big sizes, um, had a better lifetime customer value. People who bought the bigger sizes had a better lifetime customer value than, than the people that bought the normal sizes. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's an absolute no-brainer to to push products that give a better lifetime customer value than than ones that don't. You know, and I think if you've got, you know, a finite amount of, you know, budget that you want to spend or you're working to what what you obviously should be to a finite return on ad spend, like like you say, if you can push a product that is going to give a better, more loyal customer for the same money, it's an absolute no-brainer to do it. You know, and it's, you can and only think, do that with data. And I think, I, you know what, when you're doing naught to, naught to one million in e-commerce, you tend to you tend to be focusing purely on new customer acquisition, which, of course, is absolutely critical because, you know, you don't get lifetime customer value magically. You know, they have to come onto your, your list, your business in, in, you know, for some in some way, don't you? But I think what tends to happen is that that. That the, the existing customers or repeat customers, they kind of go, well, well, you know, that's that should take care of itself. But it, it, which, of course, it should in a way, if your customer service is good and the, the you know the experience is good and the product's good and the delivery is good and the reviews are good. But actually, the biggest thing that you as a business as a business can do is understand and recognize what products are naturally leading themselves and what customers are leading themselves to a better life than customer value and go and get more of those. So advertise mm. those products more 
and go and find those customers who are giving a better loyalty. You know, because of course, you know, your customer service is good, is going to be a given. You know, you can't go, oh, I'm going to increase my lifetime customer value by having amazing customer service. Like that should just be happening. Anyway, mm. what you've got to do is get into the numbers and the data and go, oh my God, I've just realized that people who buy, you know, extra size, extra large jackets or extra large t-shirts are more loyal than the people that buy small, medium and large. Mm. Holy crap. Right. I am going to create a little niche category with large men's clothing because I, and I'm going to do a load of, load of Google shopping and advertising around that because I know that's going to give me more loyalty and it won't show itself initially. You know, it'll take it. It'll take time. But you, you, you know, it's absolutely. And when you, you, what will happen is when you get to a certain point in your e-commerce business, you'll start to go, well, I know that we have to top up our customer database in order to grow or maintain. And, you, and your question, you'll be saying, well, I know my, my existing customers will buy X amount. And in order to achieve 10 million, I know that we have to recruit another 500 customers every month in order to hit that amount. Because I know what my natural customers are going to buy anyway. And you start to get into conversations like that. And that's when you've really got a profitable e-commerce business. Because otherwise, if you're just paying to recruit customers all the time, you know, you will, you'll, you'll, you, you'll get to a point where you can't spend any more money profitably. And that becomes mm. a glass ceiling. You just can't. You well, have to then tweak something, don't you? You touched, on, you touched on it a little bit there. And I think whilst you were talking, I was thinking about how, you know, when we're at the, you know, the, the, the 10K core group and the 20K core group, we're, always, we're kind of talking about business design there, like fundamental business design, which is kind of like your overall strategy. And then when we get to this level, we do a lot of category design because in terms of the data, we can see that some categories will lead themselves to much higher lifetime customer values. And so, you know, take back to maybe one of the famous case studies we talk about, the homeware store, where we could see that lighting um, was one of the places where people bought lighting from them. They bought many, many times, but they're only selling like two or three lights and only selling another one with stools. They're only selling like two or three stools. So it was like, well, if we have a bigger range of those stools, if we have a bigger range of those lights on the lighting, then we should attract more of these customers who tend to buy more often and also they give us a better average order value. So it was about kind of going, well, what categories are going to we going to need moving forward based on the data that we've got to be able to take us from one million to five million? And so a lot of it is. In the first steps is yeah. business design, margin, ROAS, you know, looking at what the oh, return totally. advertised spend you need to get. And then the second stage is once you get to a million is actually going, right, what are the categories that are going to be one of our elevators that are going to take us to the next level? So that was that's where we've done a lot of work in the past. If you look at it, Bobby didn't necessarily realize we were well, doing it at the time, but that's what no, we were I, looking yeah, that's for. That's it. I don't think we knew. I didn't think we, we did know. But yeah, initially, you know, if you've, if you've got an e-commerce business and you it, it, it is all about business design initially. And then as you grow a bit, you know, it then becomes the whole point when you've got well, the whole point from the start, but, but ultimately it becomes much more serious. If you're doing a million, you want to get to five million. It's really, really understanding that the limit to the business is the amount of advertising budget you can plow in and drive traffic and still be profitable. 
And you know, so if your margins are X and your average order value is Y and your lifetime customer value is one and a half times a year, you know, there will be a finite amount of advertising budget through Google Shopping, Facebook ads, wherever it is that you can spend before it becomes unprofitable to do so. And at that point, the only way you can scale, you know, if you reach that max, is by changing either conversion rate, average order value, or lifetime customer value. And lifetime customer value comes, it manifests itself in conversion rate, doesn't it? Because mm. the higher the lifetime mm. customer value, the higher the conversion rate is. So if you've yeah, got, you've got all those solid, repeat businesses you've got all coming the repeat back coming to customers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, so, you know, and it just becomes very much around that. And I know that Homewares business, we said that, they 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 were trying to get past five million actually they'd stuck at, they've been stuck at five million for three years, and they they couldn't get past it because their average order value was too low it was thirty five pounds, and their lifetime customer value was only one point five times a year, and we said well we've got to get the average order value up let's get it to sixty five pounds and let's get the lifetime customer value from one and a half times to two and a half times, and because we knew that if the business stayed as it was, they could not scale past five million because it just wouldn't have made financial sense. You know, they would have been mm. losing money for every new customer they got past that point. So we had to change it. We had to get the average order value. And we did that by bringing in more of those core category pieces that were higher average order value. And we got the lifetime customer value up by really smashing email in a much much more sophisticated bigger deeper segmented way and mm. that business now is knocking on 20 million mm. based on decisions that we made probably unbeknown to us what we were doing it was over 10, it was about 10 years ago we didn't really mm. know what we were doing neither did the business owner um but we, <laughs> we figured out that this business couldn't scale any beyond five million based on those KPIs, and yeah. so we did have to. Well, they we had to change them. They tended to have like, and it was a catalog business, wasn't it? That's where they were getting. So they could kind of mm. have drop pieces in a catalog. You had the full attention of someone reading the catalog. They'd have one light and then one little desk and then stuff. But of course, Google Shopping, you know, people are looking for desks. They want a range of desks. They want to basically choose the desk. It's like they don't want to just come and just turn up and buy that desk that you happen to have so it was about category design so that they could open up the channels to other marketing areas so you know you can often get to a million with one channel you could you know you could be a facebook business you could be a google shopping business you could be a catalog business but one channel will usually get there and then you have to design the business to be able to add those other channels because mm. they're, they're, they're well, finite you know what? Ultimately, I mean, we were, we were chatting to you know a business that was doing very well on Facebook, selling you know only half a dozen products, and you know it was it, they had very little lifetime customer value. I.e., people buy bought one thing and never bought again. But you know, as long as they can maintain their return on ad spend of I think it was like well it was like seven times. And, you know, as long as they could maintain that, and they said, we're happy to do that, that's what we can get. And if the traffic kept coming and they could afford it, so they were doing like 10 million and they wanted to get to 50 million. And you know, as long as that maths work, 
they could do that. Mm. But in order to get to 50 million, they'd have to spend like 30, 40 million to do it. So, but imagine if they could, if they could actually get the lifetime customer value up to twice rather than this once a year, how much of a game changer that would be? You know, yeah, so those little changes that when you're doing when you're doing scale make a huge difference. So one thing I always look at is I try and work out where an advertiser is on the S curve. So if they're at the bottom of the S curve, it means that the adding spender doesn't really change very much until suddenly they're in the steep part of the curve. And as they add spend in terms of as they raise the cost per click, they get a lot more traffic. Um, and then you hit the top of the S curve. And as you add, as you raise the cost per click or cost per impression, you don't get much more traffic at all because basically you are the top bidder anyway. So a lot of the people at a million tend to be on the steep part of the S curve. So a case, so a case in point, it's basically like essentially in order to grow the business, we need to be able to pay a higher cost per click than our competitors. And in order to do that, we have to basically increase the ROAS that we're getting from the current cost per click. Say you're paying like, you know, 32 cents or 32 pence for a click. Um, and that's pretty much what everybody's paying. And from that, you're getting a return on advertised spend of five. If you can get a return on advertised spend of six, that means to be in exactly the same place and get you can raise your, um, your cost per click maybe to like 50 cents a bid uh, per click. And still, and and then get you, then you would get a five a five times mm. ROAS because basically you're in the same place in terms of profitability, but you're able to pay more for the traffic. It moves you up the yeah. S curve, and you're getting a lot lot more traffic and, than everybody else, and still and making you know, as much profit. You can't, and you and you can't just look at that conversation in isolation. Like you can't just give you know give your AdWords agency, you know. We've got to hit six times ROAS. We're on five times. We've got to hit six times. You know, you can't you can't just do that. You know, you have to. You also have to look at your own. They can't. Site. They can't do it. They physically can't do it. No. You know, it's not like they're sitting there. I mean, most of the you know time if you've got a good agency, they're sitting there. They've got optimized campaigns. They're doing all the things that does. There's not much more they can do. There's not you know like I think there's a myth that you can kind of come with a crazy adwords person google ads person or facebook person and sure they can make big differences but they can't change the fundamental business the fundamental mm. business has to change at the core and yeah it's about giving them gifts it's like when someone and i'm running someone's google ads and they turn around to me and say oh by the way mark this this product i've just realized that if someone buys this they buy this 10 times so on this product you don't have to hit a ross of five you can hit a ross of two and i'll still yeah. make loads of money it's like a yeah. gift to me, isn't it? It's like, oh, thank you very much, Mr. Yeah. Client. Well, that's, that's basically, great. and that's it. You know, so you might find that if you're doing a million, you want to get to five million, you might go, actually, I haven't really looked at my my ROAS. And in, in the mm. context of what Ian and Mark have just said, you know, Christ, you know, what is my lifetime customer value? You know, is it more than once a year? And can I afford to let my ROAS drop to three times at the moment, you might, you might have a ROAS of like eight and a half. And you might yeah. go, oh, my God, I've done yeah. the numbers. I can take it down to three. Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, there's your five million. You know, yeah. it's there. Yeah. yeah. You know, but if it isn't, if you go, oh, well, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on three and a half times ROAS already, 
and you know I can't go any lower and I'm you know then of course you've 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 got to look you've got to look at the site you can look at conversion rate you can look at average order value you know you've got to look yeah. at your marketplace you've got to look at another what they're doing another place to look for an elevator is in customer types so once you're doing a million you should have enough data to work out there's probably 20 percent of the customers who spend i don't know even 80 percent of the revenue there'll be these super super profitable customers and you've probably never looked at them you've probably never segmented them and go god this these kind of customers they're just buying it over and over again and then if you go and look at those you can kind of go well is there a similarity between these customers like there was there was a camping business we were working with and he had like 20 percent of customers were just buying like 10 times a year and just couldn't work it out so we actually started interviewing some of them he was like these are these are long-haul truckers i've got you know 20 percent of my customers are buying this stuff for long-haul truckers mm. and just because they needed things they were essentially living in their cabs a lot of the time and they needed things for camping and they just bought loads and loads and loads of stuff so then he kind of was like right now i'm going to have a section for long-haul truckers and I'm going to target long-haul truckers. And suddenly that, that segment of his business just blew up because he knew who they were and what they were doing. So if you can kind of start to understand, I mean, we see it a lot. Of, you go into people's stats and there's always a customer, if you do it by cust- lifetime customer value, there's always a couple of customers at the top that have like spent like $10,000, whereas everybody else has spent maybe 200. And you think, who are these people? Yeah. Why is that customer spending so much money? And then if you can dive into it, it might be that he owns a certain shop somewhere or certain type of things or he's buying something for something or, you know, who is he and why are they? And there's probably by accident, you might have just found a gold mine with inside your business. They might be able to go, well, there's probably quite a lot of people like this Dave Smith that buys $10,000 worth, mm. uh, worth of stuff. And I wonder what, what whether or not we can reach more people like that. So we actually find that quite a lot. We actually find that quite a lot. There's, there's yeah. elevators in your business. And then if you do find those people and you can find a similarity between them, you can actually put them into like a VIP group and really look after them. So if you had a physical store and those people were coming in all the time, you'd know who they were. You'd know their birthdays. You'd know their family names. You'd know everything about them, wouldn't you? Whereas a lot of the time when you get to a million, you've got these customers. You don't even know who they are. And you just yeah, kind of go, yeah, I don't think you've not really looked, you no. know, often or, or because you're too busy. You yeah, know, you're too busy yeah. dealing with everything that you know that's been thrown at you, and yeah. you know, you, but you take a step back. It's when you've got to essentially. I think you've got to make the decisions. You've got to go well, you know, how how can I get it to five? And you've got to start mm. living the business that way. You've got to start thinking this business is a five million pound turnover e-commerce business now. Yeah, and I'm going to yeah. run it like that. And you know, because I can go and fight fires everywhere. I can go and look at this and you know, you know, customer complaints, whatever. And obviously, you know, this, I'm not saying don't look at your customer complaints, but you have to look at the fundamental numbers behind what what your £5 million business looks like. Yeah. Because it will very quickly you... show what you need to change. And that you'll know what the development roadmap is going to need to be. You know, it takes away the guesswork. It takes away the emotion of it all. It's like rational, you know, cold, yeah. hard facts. Yeah. Well, as you're getting towards a million, you're starting to get a little team together as well that's growing the business. And as soon as you get a team together, and if you try and get to five million with a team and they're all trying to do different things, you're not going to get there. So it's probably the first time in your business when you've actually had to have a common strategy across it and Mm -hmm. say, right, 
we actually need to get, we're on five ROAS, we need to get to six so we can put our cost per click up. So therefore, how are we gonna do that? Okay, what's the plan? Uh, how are we gonna get there? Okay, it's the add to basket rate. The add to basket rate on these products needs to go up and therefore we'll get to where we are. And therefore, anything else you bring to me about the site and improvements to the site at the moment, I don't care unless it helps this metric. So that it stops people kind of running off and going, oh, I've got this little widget that go on the checkout and I've got this uh, email segmentation tool that will do this and I've got this. It's like, no, this is the okay. focus. This is what we're working on right now. If it's not about that, I don't want to hear about it for the next yeah. two months because this is what we're working on. Because otherwise, it's like a shiny object syndrome and you just kind of go, oh, this is new shiny thing that I've seen this other website do. And that you might find that other website had a bat at basket to order problem and you don't at the moment. So you, it's yeah. not what you want to work on. And the trouble is, if you're trying to implement everything, you'll get nothing done. Yeah. Nothing will happen. Exactly. So it's you, you just think you've got, to, you've got to think that's so, so important. It's, it is about it's focusing on the right thing at the right time, not everything. You know, it's a bit like if you had a, if your shop, if your e-commerce shop was a just physical bricks and mortar shop on the high street. And, you know, you're you know, we've said this so many times, but it's it's so, so true that. You know, if you're if you're bothered you know, trying to fix something at the back of the shop that no one even goes to, you know, some little category or, you know, that no one's even there because it's not important. And right in front of you, you know, the big best sellers, you know, you're you're ignoring that main category or your, you know, your, your, your doors are too short. You, you'd, be, you'd, you'd know instantly where to go and improve and what was where to optimize. Mm -hmm. And. I just think there's so there's so many bits of distractions with e-commerce. I think the last the last elevator that I'd like to talk about is um, is seasonality in a business. Now, in any business, there's usually periods of the year where the business does a lot better than other times. So maybe they do really well at Christmas. Maybe they're a Valentine's Day business. Maybe flowers or something like that. But whatever it is, is like you you know that now you've done a million. And so, you know, those seasonal times in your business, you know, when that's big and what's happened is when you've been getting to a million, you kind of just kind of jumped on the demand and kind of rode it. And, you know, a lot of the businesses that, you know, when they were small, we were doing the AdWords for them uh, or Facebook ads or whatever, you know, a lot of the time they just say, well, this is the budget this month and it's the same each month. And then it kind of, you know, it kind of just rocks up and then the team kind of goes, oh, we're doing really well this month. Can we have a better budget, a bit more budget? And it's kind of like, oh, OK, but it's kind of like the, the horse has bolted. Yeah, and it's too late you know, like, to do that. Yeah, it's like we know this is the flow of the river. This is the way the river goes. We know we've got these buyer, buyer events during the time. So therefore, during these two months, this is when we're going to spend a lot more on advertising. And this is what we're going to be doing. And we're going to be opening the doors so we can actually make sure we make a lot more sales during these months, because that is how you actually take a business from a million to five million by just really pushing on uh, when the, the buyer window is open. You go to buy window the flow of the river. Yeah. And you, it's, it's, more, it's much more efficient to grow your peaks than even out your troughs. You know, you can spend yeah. a ton of money trying to get people to buy in your, in your low trough periods, but they just don't want to buy. Because they're not there, yeah. they're not they're not focusing on it. Where, but when they're there, and you've got your actual peaks, it, you, your advertising budget is so much more effective, so much more efficient, mm -hmm. and you know you can get these amazing return on your advertising budgets. So you should never have a limit 
Of yeah, and also what happens sometimes is they'll go, oh, well, we normally get a RAS of five, but actually during these between times, our RAS goes up to like 20. And it's like, well, if you make it money at five, why wouldn't you push your advertising spend during those months mm-hmm. so that that 20 comes down to five? You're just getting recruiting huge amounts of customers during that period, which then gives you an email list and a community around the business, if you're building a community to go at all those other times. And so I think it's just, it's a lot of it is you do things when you're growing to up to a million because that's the way they've been done. Just because you're trying to keep up with the demand, you're just trying to increment and do stuff. But now it's the time to sit back and actually look and go, what, what business have I built? What are the elevators in the business? How can I get there? And how does this business work? What are these days? What are these buyer events that I can actually you know, uh, take advantage of to take my business to the next level? So that's why we talked about target sheet last time. I think it was last time or well, last time but one mm. where you get the season the seasonal adjusted target sheet it's very very important because you need to know what you're doing in your busy times and what you need to be doing in your quiet times to stay on target to hit your targets so that's absolutely key yeah have you got anything else to add to that ian um i think I think we. I was just going to say about how how the target sheet is just is absolutely critical again for this. You know, mm. for the time that you you know you really. I mean, you need to be looking at this all the time. But it, when you're making any critical decision about how we get this business from one million to five million, it's the target sheet. You mm. know, it shows you very simply, doesn't it? And, and I also think even on top of that is like make hay whilst whilst the sun shines. You know, be adaptive have some budget allocated to when the sun is shining. So you don't, if, if you suddenly go, God, I could have spent so much more this month if I hadn't allocated all the budget to the other stuff. You know, maybe have a 20 grand hidden away that's kind of like, there's my uh, my sunny day fund because if I'm suddenly getting a ROAS that's way above what I want to do and I, you know, it's basically, a, I'm just printing money at the moment. Well, it's the- Jump it, on it. I think- Because it think might actually, not happen when you When you hear, we often hear that, you know, oh yeah, but you know, during my during during our good months when the run up to Christmas, our ROAS goes up to twenty. You know, and you're like, you're just leaving loads of money on the table. You know, and you you might yeah. be you know, and, and you know the same conversation. You'll say, oh, they're obsessed with something in the checkout. That's you know something that's, oh, you know, this little drop down. The checkout's not working. You know, and I think, well, your checkout to order stat is ninety two percent, and on average, it's eighty five. So you're 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 not losing anyone there at all. You, you, there's no there's no money on the table whatsoever there. In fact, you're just wasting your time. Your money on the table is the fact that your ROAS is twenty and you can afford to comfortably go down to five. Oh my god! Yeah. Like that is the money on your table there, and you know. Just, yeah, it's just it. being it's being more adaptive when you it's being more adaptive and actually having the team understand what you can do and being able to react to it because you know we've, yeah. got, we've got people we're doing ads for now at the moment and we're screaming at them some of them are doing like 20 ROAS and we're like what are you doing do you want to spend more yeah you know, well it's, it's like you, you know we always assume that they're they've got stock and you know they've got the logistics yeah. sorted out and I think you know I think sometimes businesses that's why we did one last last week about you know about what team to grow you know how do you, which yeah. e-commerce stuff you take on yeah, but was... I think in a nutshell you know, you've got to, you've got to make sure that you you understand what your ROAS is, factoring in your lifetime customer value, 
which will give you your true figure mm. to how low mm. that ROAS can go. And obviously, the lower the go, the lower it goes, the more traffic you can get in. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then once you've done that, you know, and you've really understood that, then you've got to look at your your site, your conversion, and your average order value, and mm. you know your lifetime customer value, and you just, you just have to repeat that cycle over and yeah. over and over again. Yeah, and as you get bigger, I mean, and when you get to like 10, 10 million, 20 million, all you're really doing is doing the same metrics, but you're segmenting the website into mini mini websites. So you basically go, well, these these are the, these this is this customer segment, and this is this chat marketing channel, and this is so you're just creating. You know, rather than having one website, you've yeah. basically got like you know five what? websites gets, that you're trying to optimize. And I think it gets easier and easier. The bigger you get, I think the easier it becomes mm. often, mm. particularly with businesses that have got a reasonably good lifetime customer value as well. I think it's easy because if you're doing conversion rate optimization when you're doing, you know, 30 million, you know, you have to make the tiniest change and, yeah. oh, we've just made half a million pounds. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, whereas if yeah. you're doing that when you're doing a million, yeah, oh my God, you have to make like amazing changes for like mm. ages to make £10,000. And it's yeah. a lot harder to count. You, you need it is a lot harder you to, you know, if you're doing 30 million, it's very hard to double your revenue. Whereas if you're doing a million, it's, it's quite true. easy to double your revenue. You know, it's, it's all, it's, it's, it's kind of what. Uh, it's you know little changes they make big differences but in the grand scheme of things it's a percentage it's just it's just what it is so I think yeah I think find those elevators in your business you've got to find those elevators that you've got hidden in the data that you have sitting right in front of you and therefore it allows you to move up the s curve and that that's fundamentally what 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 we tend to do when we're looking at those kind of size customers yeah cool yeah. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll finish there. We'll let you go to bed. I'll get on to the day and yeah. uh, look forward to speaking to everybody next week. Um, so thank you very much. Speak soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.